0: Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What do you do when your backyard is full of ghosts? Why do some people hang around after quote-unquote death and others don't? Can music encourage paranormal activity? Hello and welcome
1: to the 937th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Coming to you from WOON AM and FM Radio in Woonsocket, Rhode Island on the Paranormal Radio app. From TalkStream Live on YouTube and via TuneIn.com, I'm Ben. And those assorted questions came from my co-host, partner in Paranormal Adventures, and dad, Paul. And today we bring you an open line show with a familiar guest co-host.
0: Co-hosting with us via Skype today is Tim R. Schwartz. Uh, Tim is an Emmy Award winning television producer and videographer and is the author of a number of popular books. Tim has investigated unexplained phenomena all over the world and has appeared widely in the media. We're honored to call him today not only a a guest co-host, but a friend. So, Tim, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Hi, Paul, Ben. Thank you very much.
1: It's always a great pleasure to be with you. No, it's all, its always always fun to have you. You bring it—you bring a perspective that's that's unique and informed, and it's it's all—it's always fun to have you.
0: So instead of shoveling snow for once, let's attack our mountain of missives here. <laughs> all right, now uh, they're very often, you know, people. I think we give people short shrift when they write long questions, uh, but they take all the trouble to write them, so we should at least tackle some of them uh, as as often as we can. So here's one from Ann from Florida. Uh, and I have to say that uh, Ann, um, I won't give her last name, but she serves uh, with me on the uh, experience or resource team of the Mutual UFO Network. So I'm a new member and, of that, and uh, she has a very interesting story to tell.
1: Okie dokie. And uh, we'll, we'll hop right into it here, and uh, we can take it in chunks, I suppose. The, I have a question for you regarding some sound loop paranormal experiences I've had at my house. Uh, I should preface this with the fact that I am a certified shaman in the Peruvian tradition <coughs> excuse me uh, and a practicing psychic. Uh, see my websites below and I've experienced paranormal stuff all of all kinds uh, since I was very young it doesn't frighten me but it puzzles me. I built this house on uh, what was a potato farm um, in December of two thousand and three uh, and have been here for eighteen years. It is in a uh, typical Florida subdivision Um, behind me are woods, protected wetlands um, for about half a mile, and then there is a creek that used to be uh, navigable for small boats and barges uh, that joins the St. Johns River, uh, which is just just a which is about a mile behind me. Uh, I live in Saint Saint Augustine or Augustine, depending on your persuasion, um, which is very haunted itself. Uh, Before the potato farm, uh, this was a plantation for oranges and. Turpentine, and there was a nearby sawmill uh, since the late 1700s that did not close until 1942. Wow, Jeez. Um imagine that.
0: Yeah, that's uh, pretty that's cool.
1: A, yeah, right. I I think that's cool, but I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> so wood and food would be sent on a on a small on small barges down uh, the now overgrown creek. Um, I'm pretty sure there is is slash was a uh, portal in the woods. More on uh, on that in a bit. I've seen ghosts of various soldiers in my backyard, uh, as have some of my house guests, um, which had a bunch of French-speaking soldiers around my pool area um, once during a women's luncheon I was hosting. Uh, we did not see them, but everyone heard them talking loudly. Some women left and never came back. Uh, I happened to speak French, and they were talking about food, fires, horses, and weather. Um, I went out and told them they were they were dead, go towards the light, etc. <laughs> Um neighbors on both sides of me uh, have had ghosts a lady across the street from me uh won't cross to this side of the street I've al- I've also seen a solid looking young spanish girl uh who was watching me swim in in my pool and the second we made eye contact she looked shocked and zapped out of sight uh I know some of the ghosts have uh been conscious of me and have reacted to me while most have not Um, I've had uh, several friends who refuse to visit me here, uh, but other friends say it feels safe and has very good vibes. I do meditate a lot and sage it now and then.
0: All right, let's let's hold it there.
1: Okay.
2: Okay.
0: Um, Let's throw that right in Tim's lap. What do you think, Tim?
2: (laughs) Wow. Uh, You know, I mean, it, it, uh, it, it sounds like some of the, you know, typical... Uh, ghostly experiences that uh, a, a lot of people have. I mean, I find it interesting that she said that uh, uh, some of the ghosts seem to be aware of her presence while others uh, uh, don't. So, you know, it it seems like that, like a lot of typical uh, uh, cases, that there is probably some kind of... You know, uh, a residue, as, as you like to call it, you know, of, uh, of the past that seems to have, for whatever reasons, embedded itself into, uh, uh the surroundings, like the voices of the, uh, the, the, the French soldiers. So, I mean, you know, you can go out and, and say, you know, you're dead, go to the light all you want. It's probably not going to affect something like that. Now, the, uh, uh, she said that there was a, uh, a girl that was, uh, uh watching her that seemed to be, uh, 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 shocked when she realized that, uh, the, the writer, uh, uh could see her. So, you know, again, uh, are, are you looking at a discarnate spirit or a situation where there is, you know, like another reality intruding on our own and, uh, somebody in that reality thinks that they're seeing a ghost and, you know, the writer thinks that she's seeing a ghost. Uh, and again, you know, you, you hear about these situations where the ghost Seems to be really shocked that they're being that, that they're seen as well. Uh, so uh, I, I, again, I mean, you know, I I do think that uh, there is a possibility that some ghostly experiences could very well be, you know, spirits of of those who who have passed on. I mean, who knows? But uh, you know, I I always like the idea that. Uh, that there are probably an infinite number of realities that uh, occasionally can interact with our own. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we can see them. Sometimes they can see us. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, uh, there, there are a number of, of of different possibilities.
0: Yeah, well, that's a very complete treatment, Tim, I think. Uh, personally, for me, it's, it's been a very, very long time since uh, I embraced the spirit theory, especially since physicists began telling me that uh, discarnate spirits, at least in our world, are not possible under the laws of physics, you know, as complete beings, you know. So uh, be that as it may, uh, one thing kind of jumped out at me in in, uh, Anne's uh, uh, narrative, and that's the idea that you tell your dad, go to the light. First of all, in my opinion, uh, these people are going about their daily lives in a parallel reality, uh, where it's, it, it's, it's still the, uh, 18th century perhaps, or, uh, certainly not the 19th, the French wouldn't be there, but, or it could be a parallel world where it belonged to France instead of Spain, Florida, you know? Uh, th- we've run into that kind of thing. The, uh, <clears throat> the idea that, uh, they are, um can, be aware of us and we can be aware of it. We run into that all the time. I run into it all the time, uh, where they think we're ghosts haunting them. And, you know, all of a sudden this voice comes out of nowhere and says, well, you're dead. Go to the light. You know, huh? What? You know, they're looking around. There are <laughs> the trees. They're talking about the weather. I mean, what the hay is this about? And, uh, the real danger with that is that if you really are talking to someone who's perhaps in transition or some kind of state where there is a light, the light, in our experience, is the uh, plasma-charged membrane of a parallel reality. You could be sending them into a hell world. There there are apparently perhaps even an infinite, infinite number in our interpretation and experience of these parallel worlds. So there is no physical world, spirit world. It's, it's not that simple. That's very two-dimensional. Maybe, maybe there is. Maybe we're wrong. I don't know. But I've, I've just... <laughs> In you know the last 45 years or so, after uh, you know abandoning the, the old 19th century ideas, I've ne- never found them to be true. Uh, so uh, again, there are all sorts of pitfalls and dangers here. But I think you're, you're listening. When she hears the French soldiers, she's hearing the actual French soldiers, bodies and all, talking in in a simultaneous time that to us would be the past. Einstein's theory, general, I should say special theory of relativity, essentially that all time is simultaneous. There is no past. There is no future, because that does wonders for the the reincarnation. But the um, whole notion that everything is simultaneous and that all possible outcomes are out there really transforms uh, at least our theories and methods when it comes to the paranormal. As I say, maybe we're wrong, but it does seem to to, to work. Uh, Ben? Um, well,
1: uh, I, th- I think that there's a couple other things that we can consider as well. Uh, one is, uh, well, there's wetlands. Um, Florida is a very wet place. Yep. Uh, lots of sandy soils. So you, you're, you're sort of, you're sort of lining the ducks up, um, for
0: literally, in that
2: case.
1: yeah, basically you're literally lining the ducks up for, um, you know, paranormal phenomena to kind of be a, th- be a thing when it, it, when it's already a thing, right? But, in some places, it's more of a thing than in others. So I, I guess you know that's that's sort of a mechanical way of looking at it. If you really want to, um, another way to, to think about it, you know, because we we do have all these factors, and they're not separate from each other. That's something that's that should be pointed out is that all of these things are not separate. But what what matters is is sort of how the events are perceived. Um, and if there's if there's one thing that we've sort of come to the conclusion on, or at least I have, I don't know if you can, Deb, um, or you, Tim, is um, you know the the experience is in sort of the eye of the beholder. Um, we have we have a a sort of um, we have an event that happens. You know, the, objectively we know something happened, right? But you know, it's it's then filtered through all all of our our experiences that we that we've had, so that we can make sense of it. Um, and so, you know, that's why people jump to, okay, well, it's dead people, you know, because that's what makes the most sense.
0: Yeah, what else could it be?
1: Right, you know, okay, well, all right, so we've got, you know, you grow up hearing ghost stories all your life, you know, you live in haunted houses, okay, it's dead people, right? So, you know, you, you instantly are able to categorize it, you know this, you know, you know the, the, the essence of the event, which, you know, you can't know the essence of it. You know, you can't know the essence of any event, really, um, because everybody can experience something very differently. And she points that out in her in in her, her story here where some of her friends will not go visit her for fear that it's it's a spooky 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 place and other people go and they feel completely fine. If anything they say quote unquote good vibes. Um and that's because you know the the experience is indeed in the eye of the beholder. So, you know, we, we try to whittle it down to the common denominators you know, and we, we try to do that with methodology, yeah. So we try to find factors that are common between most other experiences, and the ones that we can kind of point to um, are physics. We can point to physics, we can point to geology, and we can point to... Um, Sort of, you know, these, these few things and, and have these little data points we can kind of work from. And then the rest, unfortunately, is kind of up to interpretation. Um, yeah. which, which is, that doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong, right? You mm-hmm. know, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, well, we know better than you because we didn't experience any of it. But one thing that we can point out is the few data points we have, which is we know that spirits, quote unquote, um if they, they stick to this definition where there are these incorporeal entities that kinda just float around, we can probably take a guess just from modern physics and say, okay, well that probably isn't a thing, but then that leads us to the next thing, which is, well then what is it? You know?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's, and then I think we'd have to whittle it down to the next layer, which is, okay, well what do we mean by a spirit? And I think, I think the definition of it is, Yeah, you kind of get different definitions over time. I I think I've asked this to like a handful of of guests that we've had over the years, and all the definitions sort of come about as well. It's kind of like, you know, the the they'll say that some people will say the soul, some people will say it's the sort of the the higher self, or it'll or they'll say something to the effect of, okay, well, this is sort of like it's an amalgamation of everything you are, which it's like, okay, well. If that's the case, then why do they do physical things?
0: You yeah. know
1: why do they have a- phys- a sort of physical appearance? you know if if it was entirely incorporeal, then what would be the point of 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 you know manifesting as a as as like a, a child right or manifesting as voices, right? You know you would need something in that to be able to interact with the world around you because you know as much as we like to deny it, the physical world is still a thing. And we all exist in it, <laughs> and, and we're, we're kind of we're, we're still bound by the laws of physics. You know, we haven't completely become you know an uber consciousness or whatever. You know, although some people, you know, um, you know, jeez, um, um, Anthony Peake would say that we're you know it's all information that we're kind of dealing with. But it's like, but then the, where's the information coming from? Is the is that is the follow yeah, up it to gets that?
0: Into the holograms.
1: Right, which is so. So I think I think the problem is 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 not okay. Well, as a dead people? I think the problem is how do we view our world around us and how do we view ourselves interacting in it? I think that that's sort of a good place to kind of start. I think unfortunately we get caught up in okay, well you know we stick with the assumptions we have and we stick with the common denominators we have and you know there's nothing else that's it that's the be all end all you know that's the that's the depth that's the breadth that's the width that's all of it and and it's it's not unfortunately um you know life unfortunately is not that easy to categorize and yeah. it's it's not that easy to know because we don't really know anything and i i think one really important thing is to to take a take that step back and think about okay well what makes me me right you know is it what is an identity you know what is, how, how do, how do I, how do we, really, how do we identify ourselves? Is it through physical appearance? Is it through something more? What makes us a part of something? So I think really what's, what's sort of, what's really interesting about this is, um, is how, how other people view the experiences apart from herself. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's getting sort of more sort of, you know, I, I think it's, it's like, you know, you, it doesn't muddy the waters to get other people's points of view. I think what it does is it clarifies that we don't really know anything about it at all. All we really have is a handful of data points that we're working from. And maybe if we twist it a little bit and look at it from a different angle, we would see that perhaps there is something more to not just the, the experience that Anne is having here, but more of an experience of the whole reality. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I want to get Tim back in here, but just before we do, the, just a comment on the friends being afraid. Uh, one being afraid even across the street. Why would they? What, what would they be afraid of? Now, I'm sure there, there's a traditional fear of, of ghosts and dead people and all this. Mm. And if they were dead, they'd be dead. They wouldn't be talking about the weather or the regimental cuisine or anything else. So there's that. And there's also the idea that that, that H.P. Lovecraft of all people in his uh, essay uh, Supernatural Horror and Literature stated th- th- that the most terrifying thing to the human soul is when time and space are out of whack hmm. and he, you got a whole, a whole new definition of time and space all simultaneous don't th- and the soul of these people I guess feels that and that's what might be, might be making them afraid that's just a thought mm. so Tim, any, any further thoughts before we move on with Anne's letter?
2: Well, I just, uh, one question, and, you know, going back to the voice phenomena, it, you know, it does, does this repeat itself? And is she, since she can understand French, uh, are they saying the same thing every time that she hears it, or if it's different conversations? Very good point, yeah. Mm. yeah sound loops as she says
1: i'd actually probably want to know if um i i mean i took three years of french in high school and i barely remember it unfortunately but yeah, I mean,
0: um use it or lose it
1: well yeah well i mean who would i talk to well i guess i there's well, actually talk to me that's true yeah uh we <laughs> oui. um uh, i guess well my, my question would be is there a difference between modern french and you know the french of like the 1800s i mean at that point i think you know louis the 14th at that point, made it...
0: Yeah, that's another good point. ...made
1: made it a more beautiful language.
0: Yeah, well, he was a little weird, but I remember uh, having spent a lot of time in Quebec, the French there really is is older, in a sense, than Parisian French. And unlike English, French tends to evolve more quickly. Mm. And in Quebec, uh, everything kind of stopped at the French and Indian Wars when the British won and uh, they've tried to preserve it, but but there was there a distinct Quebec dialect, uh, and I know Parisian French much better than Quebec, and, and I've had people in Quebec want to speak English instead of my version of French. Mm. Maybe that says more about my French than it does about either, either dialect, but in any case, um, yeah, it, uh, that would be older, and uh, somebody from Quebec might, if these are really soldiers from the you know, past that might understand them better than somebody from Paris today would. Mm. Which is, I don't know if that's correct, but I think it might be.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's, that, that was just sort of a thought that popped into my head because it's like, um, you know, I feel like we don't have that much of a pro Well, we kind of have that, a little bit of that problem in this country, you know, but like, you know, it's like you, you go to like England and say you're in, you know, the, uh, you're you're in, in sort of the the moors or whatever and you see a Roman soldier and he's like, Hey man, <laughs>
0: well, I was on the moors and I saw I thought it was a druid only a half figure, only the top half of the figure.
1: Right, but it's like, you know, people we go to
0: Gettysburg.
1: Right, people go to Gettysburg and they do EVPs and it sounds like, you know, just your regular average run-of-the-mill like yeah. Joe who's like hey I'm hey. a Union soldier like,
0: yeah. like <laughs>
1: so, something like that and it's like oh that doesn't sound right hey like,
0: dude I'm a Union soldier
1: yeah that's, that's...
0: They, they would, no way they would talk that way in the 90s
1: no but it's it's like um, yeah, but I, I get that it's like it's not a huge difference it's not like the difference between modern English and like middle English or something no, like that
0: no. so anyway why don't we uh, see what else uh, Anne has for us
1: yes okay so Anne continues <clears throat> However, mostly what I've I've had here I I call sound loops. Uh, It is as if certain sounds get recorded somehow uh, and then play back at different times. For years, uh, I had sounds of my doorbell ringing, uh, the distinct sound of the front door unlocking, uh, and then it opens and its it's bottom sweep uh, rubs across the floor, followed by the sound of my alarm in my uh, laundry room beeping and acknowledging the opening door. Excuse me. Uh, this used to be. Uh, this used to unnerv me when it would wake me up at 3 a.m. I live alone. Uh, I have been sitting in, in daylight in my living room, staring at the at the door uh, when this happens, and the sound is distinct and is as loud as it is in real life.
0: Okay. Uh, now is that the end of the graph? No. Oh, the, sorry. <laughs> there's
1: still there's still a little bit more to the sentence. Okay, sorry. Um, uh, uh, but the door does not seem to move, uh, so the sound happens without any activity.
0: Okay now you and tim know more about sound than i do so uh, talk amongst yourselves
1: um well you, you take take it away <laughs> tim
2: <laughs> oh well uh you know i don't know if i know that much you know uh, about sound uh, my question is uh is she the only one who hears this mm. or you know has she had guests over who who also you know uh, you know hear this phenomena uh, but again uh i think probably everybody at one time or another has had some kind of uh you know like uh strange oral experience i mean i've had i remember as a kid several times um hearing my my mother say my name when she was not in the house or you know a completely different part of the room and claimed that you know she didn't say anything so uh, uh, again, this brings uh, brings me back to the uh, possibility that there is, you know, uh, uh, somehow uh, uh, a natural phenomenon. You know, I mean, nothing nothing's unnatural the way I look at it, mm-hmm. where you know sounds are able to embed themselves into uh, uh, the environment and under the right conditions, either play themselves back or the person has the ability again under the right conditions to uh to pick up on these you know she may think that she is hearing them with her ears uh but actually it would be more of like a you know uh, maybe a telepathic even though there's not uh you know another person you know uh, sending this out uh, uh, ty- type of uh, of an of an experience um uh, but again you know when there are a number of uh of cases of of poltergeist activity and and you know paul you 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 know this quite well where uh you know whatever is going on whatever is causing these will can create a sound that uh, uh, really seems to be uh, uh extraordinary i mean i'm thinking about like the very loud crashes where it sounds like maybe a china cabinet has been knocked onto the floor but you know when people go into the room you know there's nothing there i mean myself uh an experience that i had one time is uh uh, just before um uh, another type of activity the house that i was sitting in shook with this like thunder like boom that, I mean, you know, you could almost, even though it, it, it didn't, I mean, you almost had the impression that the windows, uh, the glass in the windows were, were, were rattling. Uh, you know, but again, you know, there was no apparent reason that this happened so and and you know i I went off on a tangent here, so wrong no, no, yeah honestly. yeah, yeah, but yeah. uh but but yeah, I mean, you know the I suppose the main question you know with uh, uh buried deep within this rambling rambling, buried my lead a little bit, was that you know, has she been the only one who's experienced you know these sounds, or you know if she's had guests who's also said, "Oh, who came in the door, you yeah. know, or that sort of
0: thing good question. Okay, well, on that uh, cheerful note, we'll take our uh, mid-show break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM 99.5 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back with our great guest co-host today, Tim Swartz, so stick with us.
1: the night is alive join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to the kingdom of nigh hosted by heather wade the finest in late night talk listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m pacific time at the talkstreamlive.com and the paranormal
0: radio app wanna take a ride and welcome back to behind the paranormal uh, with Paul and Ben Eno on O N A M AM and FM and our special guest co-host today Tim Swartz, helping us tackle all sorts of bizarre questions from our listeners who tend to be more intelligent than bizarre in my opinion so uh let's continue here with uh, or Ben you, you wanted to uh did you want to comment on the sound aspect you you majored in sounds so to speak so. well technically
1: um i did uh so it's it's uh it is it I, i'm i am i am going to say tim she does say at one point um that the the french soldier speaking was was heard by by people in in her backyard um so there there were other people who heard some of these things so we we know that um so that's so we we know it's it's something's going on um i i do think it's interesting i i wish i knew i i, I knew more about it because I th- I think it's interesting that it happens at different times a day, um, yeah. and it's not consistent.
0: Well, I believe Anne's listening; she, she can uh, provide more information. uh oh, you know, late, Later, yeah, yeah.
1: So I mean, that's that's uh, I I hey, you know, I I think it's really I I do think it's really cool. Um, I do I do think it's possible. Uh, as as time has gone on, I've I've kind of moved away from. I, f- I feel like it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff to kind of to kind of bring up. Uh, please take it away while I I do some producer things.
0: Okay, yeah. So um, yeah. Now, uh, as uh, Tim mentioned, uh, some of his experiences we've had. I'm thinking of the Bridgeport Poltergeist case of '74, the one that's so uh, everybody's interested. in All of a sudden, after 45 years, uh, there were uh, there was one occasion when the TV floor model television went over and hit me in the leg and knocked the little girl and I across the room, that thing hit that floor so that the whole thing should have been in smithereens, not just the picture tube, if anybody's old enough to remember those, but it was just really uh, tremendous sound as well.
1: Yes, and we have Tom
0: Spitaleri with us. Tom Spitaleri's with us. Uh, Tom, welcome back to the show. Hey, how you doing? Okay, you're on ON1240. So, yeah. uh, what's cooking, Tom?
3: A lot of things are cook. New England Parafest right around the corner. That's right, and it's and it's um, it's one of the biggest parafest that I've been able to find in a long time. I actually went looking to see if there's anything bigger going on, and I haven't found it. It starts April 9th and goes to April twenty sixth with the big weekend in Maine.
0: That That's amazing. Yeah, I think it sounds pretty big.
3: Yeah. April uh, 24th, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th will be in Maine. Uh, so we got a lot of stuff going on in that time frame. You'll be able to listen to people's... Uh, what I did this year it was a little different. Uh, we are a lot of people's podcast shows to be aired during Parafest scheduling. Um, during those time frames. I'll have some live shows going on. Some of my own podcasts will be played. Your show is scheduled in All your, on the Sundays. If we don't have the parafax, your show will be on. In fact, we're coming to visit you.
0: Yeah, April 10th. April uh, 10th, yeah.
3: You,
0: you're welcome to do Skype because gas will be $6 a gallon by then. So
3: uh. <laughs> Actually, there's, uh, there's a reason why I'm coming to visit you on April 10th. I don't know if you saw my Facebook page last night, did you? Well,
0: not I last think night, no. Your
3: show. Okay. Last night I added another event. I was asked to add another event to the paranormal, uh, event. The whole event is a scheduling a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So on April 10th, right after we've done your show, I'm coming down to Woonsocket because I gotta go to Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Oh my gosh. Right in
1: our because neck of the woods. What
3: about, what?
1: Right in our neck of the woods.
3: Yeah. Yeah. One of our big speakers, you're, you're one of the big speakers too, Paul. We'll get to that in a minute. But another one of our big speakers has got a huge event going on in Rhode Island at 3 o'clock.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Nobody tells us anything. Is that, <laughs> no. Is, is that the Johnsons? Well,
3: Johns? you heard it first here. It's, uh, uh, it's a good friend of both of us. I think you know the gentleman, Carl Johnson.
0: Oh, Carl. Good old Carl. Yep. Yep. Wonderful he, guy. it
3: is. Him and his brother are going to be at the uh, uh, the Ladd Observatory and then later on the Swan Point Cemetery.
0: Oh, okay, yep, in Providence. For
3: yep. Their, yep, for their annual Lovecraft event.
0: Okay, yep.
3: So i plan on going to that.
0: Well, they're uh, like second cousins of Lovecraft. We're like fourth or fifth, so they're, they're cl- more closely related. So, yeah, we're looking forward it. to that. Uh, we'll talk about the logistics of that April tenth, our live show. Uh, yeah. the, some of the speakers will be down with Tom, and we're going to—I'll uh, be speaking, or, or both of us will be speaking on the twenty-third yep. Saturday. If you want to get into some of the other speakers, that'd be great too.
3: All right. So here we got—we're uh, going to start off Friday night. We got Andrew Lake from down your neck in the woods, Greenville yep. Paranormal. He just put out a, a, re, a recent book. Uh, Kristen Evans from the west side of the no, North, South, East side of the Bridgewater-Triangle Witness Area.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. she'll be
3: speaking about that. Dave McCullough from Massachusetts will be talking about Bigfooting in Massachusetts.
0: Yep, good friend of ours. Uh, Mike
3: Stevens, a good friend of ours, will be speaking that night. Absolutely. And then on Saturday we have Debbie Perkins. She's going to be talking about Hollywood, the paranormal. Uh, another one from your neck of the woods. she's going to be talking about Rhode Island Bigfoot, the mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: And then we got Kyle Johnson going to be doing demonology and parapsychology. Then mm-hmm. we have uh, you and Ben speaking later in the day, followed by Tom D'Agostino. And then we're going to have another another speaker, which I will announce on your show. It's going to be a secret speaker. It's going to be either Saturday or Friday night. I haven't quite decided yet.
0: Sounds exciting. And we'll,
3: dis- we'll discuss what that's going to be.
0: Very good. And then
3: on so on Friday night we're going to go from uh, three to night three to like eight forty-five. We're going to be out by 9. On okay. Friday we're going to start at eight thirty in the morning and we'll go until six o'clock at night. I mean on Saturday, sorry. And on Sunday, 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 we're going to go from 10 to 4.
0: Okay. Now, uh, web, where can people find out more on the on the web and where can they get yeah, that? On the
3: Essex County Ghost Project website. The pricing will be up today. I, I had to wait because we got good news on Friday. We knew the ParaFest was going to be on, but they shortened the hours of the Kittery Community Center. He needed to get permission to open up later. So that had to do with my pricing and that's why it took so long. Okay. They gave them permission to open up for us as late as we needed to.
0: Very good. So
3: now I can do the pricing because I didn't want to feel like I ripped people off. So on Sunday real quick, it's going to be, uh, Matt Modis and the Hewitt sisters. They'll be speaking. Uh,
0: okay.
3: they got great stories to tell. Oh yeah. I mean, they they can remember where they met. They're best of friends, that they met in a very special location where most people have never met. Uh, and then we have Nate Brisland. He'll be speaking about the cats. And then uh, Kinetic and Paranormal Research, and then Tim Weisberg.
0: Oh, well, it's a great lineup.
3: And, and coming on your show will be me, and I don't know who else is coming with me, I'll finish this by the end of the day, but my, one of my people that's helping us run this event, Paranormal 5, she'll be she'll be Skyping in, and Mike Stevens will be Skyping in.
0: Okay, good, yeah.
3: And I'm still working the on The studio wasn't that big. This, two more Skypes and one more person for that day.
0: Excellent. Well, so we'll look forward to that, and as you say, just around the corner, Tom.
3: It is. I cannot wait. I'm all excited.
0: Outstanding. Well, very All good. Right. Well, th- thanks for the information. and we will be talking more about it on uh, shows over the next few weeks.
3: All right. Thank you. Have okay. a great
0: day. Yep. Thank you, Tom. Bye bye. Okay. So, uh, where were we? Uh, what do we move on?
1: Um, we were going to shift over and and mention um, some of the the other the other bullet points of, of other sounds that she's she's been uh, Anne from Florida here has been has been hearing, um, if if you will. Permit me. Of course. Um, So, in the list, uh, repetitive sound of a large item falling into water with a splash and a blub-blub noise, uh, like something sinking. Horses neighing with no horses around. Um, Hounds barking like they're chasing something. Black men talking and laughing and one shouting, uh, go on now, hightail it out of here. Repetitive uh, sound of washing pots in the sink uh, when no one is there. Uh, This woke up a house guest of mine last May who... Wondered why I was up rattling around the kitchen at 3 a.m., and later, I've heard it several times since, I was uh, in the family room and no one was in the kitchen. Repetitive sound of a single violin playing, which was a bit puzzling because my my mother and other relatives have played the violin, and so have I. Uh, usually the viol- violin plays um, Shostakovich, uh, which <laughs> which taste. I have never played and don't remember my mother playing. Um, she played in 2008. I also heard the violin uh, when I lived in an apartment before I moved to this property, uh, before she died. The melody is Shostakovich uh, Violin Concerto number 1, a mournful and troubled tune, I've thought. Um, and it can go on for like 30 minutes. <laughs> and then she added a little link to it. Um, she also says that she hears her cell phone rings and beeps indicating a text or a call that seems to come from another room. Uh, when I have my phone on my lap and it is silent. My printer is beeping when it is being rebooted, except uh, that it might not be rebooting uh, or is totally off. In 2019, uh, a friend uh, with cancer was staying with me so I could I could help her. She stayed twice. The first time she stayed was uh, about four months, and the second time was about one month. Uh, she was uneasy here and always reported hearing whispering and odd noises she could not identify.
0: Well, this almost sounds like one of our flap area cases.
1: That's a lot of stuff, just, huh?
0: Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to throw this at Tim, but but just before that, I I, I think that she Anne may be living in uh, I suppose John Keel's term would be a window area. We would call it uh, an overwash, the terms we had to invent just to talk about this stuff. The whole idea of recording sounds on the environment, uh, this has been batted around. In fact, I was an early advocate of that about a hundred years ago, not quite that long, <laughs> uh, and it was like. Um, you know, but but I quickly cha- I learned that I could change the nature of these things that were supposedly recorded by interacting with them, something I do not recommend. But nevertheless, it, it made me wonder about the, more the parallel worlds thing uh, than the... Uh, yeah, but but they do tend to repeat. Uh, I remember a number of cases, particularly one in Willamanta Connecticut in 1998, where uh, it, it became evident that the sounds like this were being heard in a home and they were just uh, the repetitive sounds of thinking the things that people did every day. And I said to the guy, you know, I slept on the couch and I heard these footsteps coming down the stairs. The whole family would hear these routinely. And when the guy came down the stairs in the morning, it was the same sound. It was the guy in multiple parallel worlds coming down the stairs after shaving in the morning. That was my opinion. Maybe more complex than that. But uh, the whole recording thing is problematic. It recorded on what? You have these cases out in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness, and the only thing that's really the same is the stone wall, and you don't have the ferrous oxide necessary to record anything, and the the, the soil is different, the trees are different. I don't get it. So I think that that was a sort of a fallback thing, as they, they had no other explanation for the sounds.
2: I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. What do you say, Tim? Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you said the exact same thing that, uh, that I was thinking is that, uh, there, it does seem to be, you know, almost like, like a window area there, you know, that, uh, for whatever reason and, uh, you're, 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 you're seeing an easy intermixing of the uh, number of different realities I mean you know if you look at uh, quantum physics and the, the whole idea of the, uh, the the multiple worlds theory, you know you, you possibly have an infinite number of realities, and there are some places I think where the the veil is thin, so to speak that uh, uh, there are various aspects of these parallel realities. You know, so, you know, people used to call them, you know, the astral worlds. But, uh, you know, as, uh, as time goes on, we change our terminologies. Uh, but, uh, you know, like you said with your experience of the uh, foot, uh, footsteps down the stairs, uh, if these multiple realities uh, uh, work on different time frames, uh you know you could be hearing the like you said the guy coming down the stairs after uh uh, 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 uh shaving you know, in the morning coming downstairs to, to, to go to breakfast well you know it, it repeats itself with these different uh, uh timelines because time is is different in these you know it's you know maybe a little bit faster a little bit slower than our own uh so, you know, I don't, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that, you know, there are some places uh, on this planet where uh, these other realities have a tendency in various different ways, either through sound or sight or, or even some physical, uh, uh, you know, encounters. Uh, that uh, are able to uh, uh, come through, and, uh, and and we're able to uh, perceive them. Uh, there, there was one thing that you said uh, uh, earlier, Paul, about the uh, uh, television that uh, that that fell over uh, with a, uh, a resounding uh, a crash. I mean, you know, there's been a number of experiences of people seeing things flying around the room, little things. Uh, uh, a wooden spoon that would hit the wall with the sound of a bowling ball hitting the wall, yeah. that sort of thing. So, you know, it's, uh, uh, and, and I have no point to make with that. I just find it interesting. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, it's very true. Okay,
0: let's, uh can we, maybe we can finish up.
1: I actually have one thing that occurred to me. Sure. Um That I don't know if it ever occurred to me before. Patterns. Patterns are very important in human life, um, because of how we experience time. One of the greatest treaties ever written about time um, was by St. Augustine of Hippo in, in his book 11 of the Confessions. And he he writes something super interesting about time. And honestly, everyone's like, oh, well, what about Hegel? He, Hegel copied and pasted it. <laughs> <He did. laughs> That's essentially what he did. He copied and pasted it because <laughs> no, no other human has ever been able to explain the fluidity of time as well as he did. And I'll, I'll say a little, little bit of an of a abbreviated quote from it. Um, it is in you, O oh mind, that I measure the periods of time. Do not shout me down that it, it extends. You can say objectively. Uh, I, I, do not over, I do not overwhelm yourself with a turbulent flood of your impressions. I measure as time present that impression that things make on you as they pass by and what remains after they have passed by. I do not measure the things themselves which have passed and uh, by and left their impressions on you. Either then, these are periods of time, or else I do not measure time at all. How we measure time is entirely subjective. You know, I was thinking about this this morning as I was, as I was driving, and I looked at my clock on my car, and I saw that it was off by an hour. Because yeah. we had the the wonderful experience Don't here really here in in the West of of the daylight savings time, and um, I I thought it was it struck me as kind of funny that okay cool so I need to make this machine tell me what time it is, <laughs> this sort of little beeping machine that you know has it, it it has cogs and wheels and all these mechanisms I have to set it so it can tell me what time it is so I can experience that time period. And it's it's kind of it's kind of funny and kind of poignant because I think the best way to measure time, you know, isn't through numbers on a round device or digital um, numbers that we sort of derive into symbols that we experience. It's through the patterns in which we exist, right? Every morning I wake up. I feed my cats because they're yelling at me to feed them, and then I go. I, I take a shower. I get ready. I get I get clothes on, and then I go to work. And then I go to work for you know x amount of time until the sun kind of sets at a certain point, and then I get in my car and I go home. And you know that's the pattern in which I live. And all of these things that she is experiencing, they're all patterns in which either she is living or someone else is living in in a certain. You know, let's say dimension, I almost said time period and kind of deflate my whole argument. But in this, in this, this, this whole sort of experience of, of these patterns, I think it's interesting that they're all kind of out of whack. Yes. And it shows that the sort of reality around her is sort of disordered in a way, right? You know, something's off. Something isn't quite right. Something is, is wrong. All the patterns around her are wrong. And there's something about this in which, you know, we we always kind of point out that um, if anybody's having a paranormal or uh, the, a poltergeist experience, the first thing they need to do is kind of focus on themselves. You know, and we we say, well, you know, love each other, show love, blah 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 blah. I think a different way of seeing it is you need to pattern your life in a certain way, and you have to have positive patterns, right? You have to do things, you have to spend time with your family, you have to to pattern yourself in a way that shows positivity. And you know, shows love and and compassion to other people and yourself. And I, I think it's interesting that if we if we shift it from well, it's just stuff being recorded and it's just stuff in a different dimension. Yeah, sure, you know, it's possible. But I think if patterns exist here, they exist everywhere. And if these patterns are out of whack here, they're out of whack everywhere else too.
0: Well, there you have it. Uh, can we? Do you think we can finish this up in the last minute? I, I, I don't want to uh,
1: Well, we can certainly try. We can
0: try.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so we. She then says she. She kind of goes on. We, we've already kind of discussed this. Are you familiar with sound? These sound loops and what might cause them, um, and why is sound caught in loops and not say apparitions? Um, I've also had a number of app ports, a driver's license. I had. In Texas in 1992, appeared on the floor of my garage moments after I had uh, walked over the same spot. A large 12-inch cut glass bowl that appears, disappears, reappears. Uh, I've I've gotten coins, uh, usually pennies or dimes. In my last house, I had a large uh, frame painting, uh, one set of, uh, disappear off of the wall, and a dining room chair disappeared. Uh, Neither was ever returned. Um, Video cameras on my doors... uh, and the alarm company did not show any signs of entry. Um, I I have sensed a portal here behind me, and since I have lived here uh, in April 2018, a real-life Native American woman walked into my backyard, did some kind of ritual facing the woods, and then walked back uh, to my house, or, or sorry, walked back to my street and rode off in a black SUV. She would not stop to talk to me. Um, a lot of ghosts and disturbances have cut down a lot since then, uh but I'm still getting the sound loops. the pots banging cell phone and printer sounds are relatively new since uh twenty twenty one even though i've I've had some of the same items for years. Um, the men talking and items falling into the water have stopped uh, but I still get the horse, the horses, and the hounds so Paul, thank you for uh being patient reading all this stuff. Actually, it was me. Um, <laughs> what is your impression of these sound loops, uh, as I call them? Have you encountered this before?
0: Well, yeah, we talked about it. Yes, definitely, and uh, Tim has, and so have you. And uh, I think that we need to find out more. Uh, the interesting thing about the native woman coming in, uh, why did natives consider certain areas to be sacred? Because that's where they encountered the supernatural, as we might, might say. Uh, window areas, flap areas, uh, intersect points, that kind of thing. So I think uh, it sounds like we've got a case here that's only just beginning, and we'd like to hear more from Anne. I'll, I'll be communicating with her and uh, see if she benefited at all from our interpretation, the three of us, and uh, we'll take it uh, kind of from there. Um, mm. So uh, let's. Uh, I guess we have a couple of minutes.
1: Um, yeah, I mean we can always we can always tackle one.
0: Yeah. Okay. There's. Uh, Pick, pick your.
1: your uh, I'm attempting to. Um, hey, Roberta from
0: Uxbridge, Mass, and, and oh, South Carolina. Is,
1: uh, these are these are both kind of kind of kind of similar in scope, relatively speaking. So we'll go with Roberta from Uxbridge here in our listening area. Um, and Roberta writes to us, we love your show, um, Paul and Ben, We our uh, household words around here, uh, but I now have, have grandchildren and some of the paranormal subjects are pretty scary and negative. How do you talk to your children about these things? Um, there are enough scary things in the world right now. How do we reassure them?
0: See, that's a good question. I mean, you get all kinds of, uh, I hear that often because uh, kids, you know, you turn the TV, there's people running around and hunting ghosts and all this stuff and UFOs. And uh, children can be frightened. Tim, what say you?
2: Well, you know, I I generally I encourage uh, uh, parents to not actively, you know, involve their kids. I mean, you know, if there's nothing going on, you know, you know, in their house or, or experiences, you know, up to a certain age, or just just really, just you know, don't don't. Bring up bring up the subject of kids because you know a, a lot of kids already have this this perception of the paranormal world you know they they have experiences of their own and if you go and start you know feeding into that because of your own interest you know that could just amplify any any fears that they have now then you know if you have a child that is experiencing you know say like uh, uh, night activities uh then you, sh- you 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 really should just tell them that you know these things happen it's really it's nothing to worry about it seems scary if if you're afraid come and talk to us if uh you know something is happening in the middle of the night and you're afraid tell it jokes you know that's that's one of the best things that I think that uh, 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 Paul that you know you, you talked about in trying to uh, at least take the tension out of, of scary paranormal activities. Tell jokes, laugh. Don't uh, yeah, humor uh, works. You know, don't get Humor works a lot. You know, don't laugh suggest- at each other, but keep it positive. <laughs> But I've suggested this to other people, and uh, they're amazed by the results. So, I mean, you know, that's one thing that I would encourage parents to tell the kids is to, you know, really kind of take a lighthearted attitude towards it, you know, and and they're really surprised about, you know, really how it it, it takes a phenomenon down a notch, you know, uh, several notches. Mm. Yeah. We have a case that we're dealing with on Saturday involving six
0: children. So (laughs) we'll... Certainly suggest that. Uh, Ben, uh, any comments? Sure.
1: Um, As a former child, uh, especially...
2: (laughs) You'll always be proud of me. Yeah.
1: (laughs) As a former child of specifically you, Father, um, and you took that approach with me, and, well, look how I turned out.
0: (laughs) I'm very proud of you. We're all very proud of you.
1: And, and, yeah, I think that's that's sort of the... That's really the only way you can kind of do it is you you keep it light because, you know, we, we all kind of know how it ends, and it usually ends okay.
0: Even Ed Warren, of all people, told me you have to keep your sense of humor. Mm -hmm. So on on that uh, uh, laughing, uh, cheerful note, let's uh, get to our announcements.
1: Sure thing. And as we, we had Tom Spitaleri telling us earlier, we look forward to the New England ParaFest, a marathon event that runs
0: from April 10th through the 26th.
1: Um, our part uh, oh, geez, we'll,
0: before that I, I got the that's
1: uh, the date of
0: our show was the 10th however yes. sorry to interrupt
1: it's okay uh our part will in, involve a live broadcast with a panel of the speakers on our april 10th show uh, and a live presentation at the com- uh, ki- the community center in kittery maine on april 23rd our subject time storms uh with thanks to uh, the great jenny randalls uh, who coined the term Uh, And the this event will benefit the historic Hildale Cemetery in Haverhill, Massachusetts.
0: And the Exeter UFO Festival is finally back after a two-year hiatus. Oh, wow. That will center at the historic Exeter New Hampshire Town Hall over the Labor Day weekend, uh, uh, September 3rd and 4th. Uh, More information will be forthcoming. This is a great event sponsored by the Exeter Area Kiwanis Club to benefit local children's charities. We plan to do our traditional live broadcast from the event on Sunday with a panel of the speakers. This is a very fun event; the whole town gets involved. Restaurants serve things like Roswell burgers, Final Frontier franks, and Alien Cruncher ice cream. More information to come, and we just love that event. We really—that's really, where we got to know Stan Friedman actually, yeah, the first time, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Tim, what's going on with you, and where can people find out more?
2: Sure. Well, uh, uh, Sean Castile and I have a new book that just came out this week. It's uh, called Timothy Green Beckley's Bizarre Bizarre. Ooh. It's a series of uh, of articles from Tim's personal files that he was wanting to get published before he passed away. So Sean and I uh, got it together and uh, made that possible. All of my books you can find on Amazon.com, and uh, my website is ConspiracyJournal.com. Mm. Well, we we missed him. It was a dear
0: friend, especially of you, Tim.
2: Oh, he was such uh, a good guy.
0: You were his co-host. Yeah. What an amazing guy. Anyway, uh, I guess we're down to the wire here. So, Ben, what's cooking up for next week?
1: Well, next week on March 20th, we'll welcome back the great Dr. Paul Leslie for a journey into the paranormal roots of psychology.
0: And we'll leave you today with a thought from the great cosmologist Carl Sagan.
2: Somewhere, something incredible is waiting to be known. I'm Paul Eno. I'm Ben Eno. And I'm Tim Swartz. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we'll see you next time on Behind the Paranormal.
0: Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the
3: Paranormal. (laughs)